You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Good morning and welcome to episode number 126 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. 25, 25. 25. 25. 25. <laughs> Let's not wish the weeks away quite so readily. <laughs> So good morning and welcome to episode number 125 <laughs> of the yeah, It's the old age kicking podcast. in, actually. I know, yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, I've done that to three just, of He's just turned 40, ladies and gentlemen. It was his birthday yesterday. It was it my it birthday. Was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, although I do have a massive complaint, by the way. What's that? Well, I saw on Facebook there was a lovely picture of a stunning-looking birthday cake. Oh, right, yeah. Where the hell is my birthday that cake? That went to work. <laughs> That went to work. But there, is, there are more cakes coming this evening. Are there, right. Oh, yeah. they, they, yeah. These ones cooked by mother, I presume. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah, so, been busy so I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a bit miffed. I'm here in the studio and there is no birthday That cake. was impromptu cake, though. It was impromptu cake. That was the day cake. before cake. Right, the mm. day before the birthday cake. Right, good. Well, that's really complicated. Uh, I'm sure everybody can handle that. Uh, but uh, in fact, actually, um, while, while, we're, while, we're on, while we're on the... Uh, the, the uh, the subject. I, Spit I out, think, Matt. Uh, Spit sorry. out. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it's going really well. Well, uh, wh- oh, hello. Something's going on. Uh, so while we've got, while we're uh, on the subject, um, I, I've, got, I've got a little message to play. Oh, have you? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, play away. Here we go. Hey there, Carlos. It's Ray from Down Under. Um, just wanted to take the time to say happy birthday, mate. Uh, must be a great milestone reaching twenty-one-ish. Um, hope you have a cracker of a day, and uh, yeah, all the best, mate, and um, enjoy that uh, birthday cake that uh, Gemma has made, and if possible, send one over in a doggy bag for me. Anyway, guys, um, take care, love the podcast, keep it up, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side. See ya. Yeah, you've got no chance to get any birthday cake. There's none here in the studio. they have doggy bags across the pond there? Well, they must do. They must do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought prob- they'd have dingo bags. Dingo bags. <laughs> right, okay, that's it. That's it. Alienate all our Australian <laughs> listeners. Good work. Yes. But, uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, you, don't, you don't think I'm finished yet, do you? Oh, have you got some more? I have, oh, yes. Blimey. I've got another. Got oh. a little, well, we haven't had a segment for a little while. We're not since Farnborough. Well, is, this, is this the birthday segment? It is the birthday segment, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, oh. from the main man oh. himself, we have a little message as well. Oh, nice. So what is it about the first two weeks of August? So many people so important to me have been born then. Well, it starts with me, to be honest, as I'm an August 6th birthday. I used to celebrate my birthday every year with my grandpa Max, who was born five days and 60 years earlier on August 1st. Well, to be honest, it could have been five days and 59 years earlier, or five days and 58 years earlier. We're not really sure. Grandpa Max lied to get into the Navy, and his birth records were destroyed in a fire. He never really remembered how many years he lied about when he joined the U.S. Navy, and since all his Navy records said he was born in 1896, well, he just went with that for the rest of his life. But I digress. There's my cousin Mitchell. He was the cousin I was closest to growing up, and was born four years and 364 days before me on August 7th. As a kid, my extended family would have one huge birthday party every summer in the first week of August to celebrate Grandpa Max's, Cousin Mitchell's, and my birthday all at once. It was the best week of the summer for me. Then I met my girlfriend. Well, no, not girlfriend. A girlfriend. We were in third grade, and Leslie's birthday was August 11th. We were best buddies from the third grade all the way through high school. We still talk every so often to this day. 
in college and graduate school, my best friend was Mark, born 368 days after me with his birthday on August 9th. With me on the 6th and him on the 9th, we called ourselves the Atomic Kids. If you don't get it, think an old gay in boxcar. You'll have to look up the references for yourself. Birthdays were a lot of fun back then. Oh my, did the beer ever flow. I haven't heard from Mark in some time, but I do try to call or write him every so often. Just called today, in fact, but unfortunately, his demons keep him from answering and returning my calls. It's okay, though. It's been over a decade since we've been in touch, but I do still consider him one of my best friends. In fact, I just spoke with his mother, who I call every so often so I can check up on Mark. Verla is an amazing woman. Originally from Texas, she married Solon when he was a B-24 pilot in the Army Air Corps. She moved back to his hometown in Ohio, and guess what I found out this evening? She's also a first two weeks in August baby, with her birthday on August 4th. I can't believe I didn't know that before, but it makes sense. She's a terrific lady. And just as I'm writing this, I got an email. Guess what I found out? Long-time friend of the airplane geeks and more recent personal friend of mine, Bill Barry, chief historian for NASA, was born on August 1st, same day as Grandpa Max. There's another amazing person in my life with a birthday in the first two weeks of August. Now this year, my trip to Farnborough was a few weeks before my birthday, but I still thought of it as a birthday present. I met so many wonderful people and made so many, as I put it, new old friends. Among them was our good friend Carlos. And guess what? I found out he's exactly 19 years and 359 days younger than me. Yes, Carlos Stebbins, who turns 40 today, is one of those very special people in my life with his birthday during the first two weeks of August. So I want to wish you a very happy birthday, Carlos. I wish we could have shared some birthday cake this year. I've attached a picture of my cake from six days before your birthday. Seems it could have fit us both. Let's hope that sometime we'll be able to celebrate our birthdays together, not distanced by thousands of miles of ocean, but in the same room with many of our good friends. Now, wouldn't that be a terrific present for both of us? So, Carlos, happy birthday, my new old friend, and many, many more. This is your main man, Micah, wishing you all the best, today and always. Oh, thank you, Micah. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, it was. I tell you, they did. They broke the mold when they made Micah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There definitely isn't another one. Thank you, thank you, Micah. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you can come over for next year. Yeah. Again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, or so me and Matt will come and see you. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. We, yeah, we're going to try and go. Going to try and go over there. I think yes. But no, lovely message. Thanks ever so much, Micah, for taking the time to record that. So that's it. That's that's all the the gushy stuff I have out of the way so you can go back to normal now uh, <laughs> a quick hello to uh, to Ray Davis he's just tra- he's just dropped in the chat room before he mm. goes off to do some night patrolling mm. uh, so hello to you Ray Davis he's uh, he's yeah, just saying thanks for your just message a quick well. hello yeah, yeah thanks for your message uh, Ray and uh, yeah he's now off he's after work I know that's oh. oh, all I am after this I know it's all right for these birthday boys who've got nothing else to do I've got lots to do this <laughs> afternoon I'll have you know <laughs> yeah, well, oh dear but uh, yes, no, that's great. So um, yes, now before we get into the show proper, obviously yes. those who were watching last week will know that we there was a, a little gathering at Tripol Airport and the in the wonderful viewing gallery, wasn't there? It's was cracking little viewing that, gallery. That's the, the meet up that we couldn't attend because yeah. the flights were just so ridiculously yeah, cheap. Absolutely, despite that being the main <laughs> airport 
um, <laughs> that uh, that Norwich, our local airport, flies out of. But uh, yes, anyway, uh, uh, the legend that is Nev, who did all the tech and did lots of hard work to sort of getting that getting the signal back to us so brilliantly, I must say, because mm. that was a really yeah, good quality feed. Good. And uh, as I say, from the day before, when we were having so much trouble with Sam's link, sadly, it was a refreshing change. But Nev very kindly sent me a little video, so we got we're just going to play out for you now, very quickly. For those, so, but for those look watch, obviously watching, yes, you'll be able of to course. See this, but for those listening to the audio podcast yep. Yep. Uh, if you take yourselves over to uh, our YouTube channel you'll be yep. able to uh, see the the lovely uh, montage of the uh, whole the whole interview will actually be there as a separate clip so we'll make sure that we put that on uh, at the time but uh, here we go it is uh, this is the uh, the sort of behind the scenes of the little duchy meetup What's the date? It is the 7th of August uh, on 2016. It is 10... Okay, I'm going to see it again, but it won't be special. But uh, hey, it was quite special. Quite special, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it was quite wrong, yeah. Oh, 
that lovely. Knowledge. I know that was brilliant. <laughs> that was really nice. Well done. Nev, well done. Nev. Well done. That Nev. Was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, Nev did all that for us very kindly. Just sent it over to me via a Dropbox link. So no, oh, well thanks done. very much for that. Absolutely. Right, big round of applause to Nev. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was good to see. Um, it was good to speak to everyone last week and to see everyone there. It was, it was yeah, nice. yeah. It's absolutely. just a shame we couldn't be there. But yeah. um, and and that whole um, that whole clip will be on YouTube, available from our YouTube yeah. site. So for those of you who are who are watching online, um, do please take yourself to www.youtube.com forward slash Plain Talking UK, and you'll find the actual live video. Or the, well, not only will you find the live version of the show there, but you'll also find um, the that that particular clip that Never's very kindly allowed me to put on our Facebook on on our um, YouTube page. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, enough of that. So we're going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yes, I think so. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story then on Flight Global's uh, news page. And uh, it's uh, regarding a story we covered last week, and that's with the uh, the Emirates 777 uh, landing accident in Dubai. And uh, they're yet to explain why the aircraft apparently failed to climb away during a go-around attempt. Uh, the inquiry is likely to consider whether the event has parallels with an incident involving a 777-300ER, which suffered a runway excursion while landing at Munich in 2011. Uh, preliminary evidence from radio communications indicates that the crew uh, of Emirates flight EK521 acknowledged a go-around instruction after being cleared to land on runway 12 left. Uh, this go-around attempt has yet to be confirmed by accident investigators looking into the 3rd of August crash which destroyed the jet uh, but from which everyone on board escaped. Uh, the aircraft came to rest on its fuselage underside and images of the debris recovery effort uh, show both sets of nose gear doors on the 777 in the open position which occurs when the gear is raised or lowered. Uh, the reason has not been confirmed but, those, uh, but the doors might suggest that the landing gear had been in transition at the time. Uh, during a go-around the crew would normally select a uh, takeoff go-around thrust reduce the flap setting and place the aircraft in a climb attitude uh, checking that it's gaining height before retracting the landing gear. Uh, go-around thrust would normally be selected by activating switches mounted on the thrust levers and would spool up the engines from their low power settings on approach to a higher power setting uh, needed to climb away. But according to uh, Boeing flight manuals the takeoff go-around switches on the 777 are designed to be inhibited just at the point of touchdown and a go-around in these circumstances would normally require manual advancing of the thrust levers. Uh, German investigators looking into a Singapore Airlines 777-300ER excursion at Munich in November 2011 said the crew had attempted to go around after the jet drifted just before touchdown. This attempt was unsuccessful despite evidence that the uh, crew had tried activating the uh, toga switches and had called for the go-around flap setting and the inquiry into that incident is yet to reach conclusions. Uh, the Emirates 777 that uh, crashed on uh, runway 12 left, which, uh, uh, the, which in the other words, with approach was uh, fine uh, and normal um, or on, the way to, uh, on the way into land, uh, but it may indicate as well that the aircraft managed to stay airborne for some period of time before sinking onto the runway. 
Um, I mean, I've, I've looked. Uh, I looked on various uh, Twitter feeds and the Instagram and stuff of various different, uh, you know, the Emirates mm. one and the investigation thing. And there was some quite interesting photos of the. Uh, I sent. Them, I don't know if I sent them to you or not. Of the recovery of this aircraft, because right. it was. Um, it was. Well, it's obviously a write-off. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the aircraft was completely burnt right through. Really? You know, there was there was sort of just a couple of larger sections. Um, kind of left the wing and, and, and you know with a part of the fuselage and the, it was a it was a mess. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I saw some video footage of like you know columns of smoke pouring away, yeah. you know, pouring out of the, the. Is that while people were grabbing their bags and possibly, uh, yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah, <laughs> yeah which is, I know is a, a real pet on. hate of yours, isn't it? Oh, yeah, made themselves at home, you know, no no immediate hurry to escape, but uh, the aircraft's on fire. But let's make sure we've got our bag. Yeah, out. absolutely. One yeah. must always have one's hand luggage yes, with them. And you coat know, and... goodness help you if you lose your tablet or whatever oh, no. it is that you're uh, oh, you're trying to use. But uh, yeah, it's a sort of worry. So the investigation is ongoing into that. Um, yeah. A good site for uh, for news and stuff on that is, as we always say, the Aviation Herald, Simon's yep. uh, awesome site over there. And there's constant updates on there mm. that you can see uh, about that. So moving on, next story. Yeah, moving on is, to the next story um, is, is with me. Uh, it's a slightly worry, another worrying story, frankly, uh, and how on earth... This particular individual managed to get this far <laughs> before anything happened, I don't know. But anyway, this is on The Guardian's website, and the headline is, Airline passenger runs across tarmac at Madrid airport to catch their flight. Uh, and there's video footage, which unfortunately we can't play out. But uh, yeah, take yourself to the Guardian.com website and, and have a look at it. Uh, faced uh, with the stress and inconvenience of missing a flight, most people would throw themselves on the mercy of their airline or seek solace in the airport bar. Not so for one traveller who decided that he had to be on that aeroplane from Madrid to the Canary Islands last Friday. A video shot by airport workers who I dare say were pretty shocked it was also posted on Facebook, shows the, identify, the unidentified man clutching his bags and jumping off an air bridge, the extendable <laughs> corridor that extends that connects the airport departure gates with the plane doors and on the asphalt of the Bajaras um, airport in the, in the hope of reaching his plane in time. This is how passengers in Madrid behave when they don't arrive in time to catch their planes, read the post. This particular passenger missed his Ryanair flight and, however incredible it may seem, got managed to get through the different security procedures that um, the Spain's airport authority um, has in place at its airports. The poster went on to note that Spain is on its second highest anti-terror alert level. A spokesman for the airport uh, security firm confirmed the incident had taken place at around 9pm on the 5th of August. The passenger had reached the gate with his boarding pass after clearing security. He said he broke through a fire escape the doors opened and he got out that way. Uh, although the alarm was sounded and the, the Guardia, Guardia Civale uh, were called, he added uh, the man still managed to board his flight and get, on, get to Gran Canaria, where he was later arrested by police. The spokesman stressed that the man who had, been, who had not been named had passed the uh, required security checks, adding this person had cleared security and had no terrorist motivations. Well, that's a bit of a bold statement. You never really know, do you? Um, he had, how do you identify a terrorist? I mean, you know, they presume 
presumably bring some form of ID with them to get through the airport in the first place. Yeah. That's not to say that that person doesn't sit on an aeroplane and then detonate a bomb, does it? But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm digressing slightly from the story. <laughs> the, the Guardia Saval said that while a man had been stopped by airport workers and told to wait for the police, he had not done so. It seems that he got on the tarmac because he'd missed his flight, but the plane he was trying to get, to get on wasn't his. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when he realised that he got on, he got he got on the flight to Gran Canaria. The spokeswoman uh, said that after being questioned by officers on the island, the man had been released, but would still face punishment. Ryanair declined to comment on what it termed a security breach, saying that it was a matter for the Madrid airport airport police. And I'm with Ryanair on that one actually, because you know. <laughs> If somebody managed to break through the security within the airport, that isn't really Ryanair's direct responsibility, is it? It's a funny, um, it's a funny one. It was really. a. Ma- I, I saw the video. For those of you uh, mm. um, who get the chance to go on YouTube, you can Google this, and there's a video that shows, you know, this guy just just jumping down from the uh, air bridge onto the tarmac and just running along with his um, with his carry on towards this uh, Ryanair uh, flight that was parked at the stand, and I just. <laughs> It's just bizarre, it's just isn't bizarre. it? Yeah. It's I, so I don't, bizarre. I, I genuinely don't understand how on earth he managed to get that far. I mean, he should have been wrestled to the ground. I mean, as you know, they're saying that, you know, mm. he passed all the security checks, so he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a known terrorist, but, you know, he, I mean, he wasn't a terrorist, I know, but you didn't know that at the time of him rushing through the security gates, breaking him, breaking oh, through just, a fire exit so and stuff. There should have been, you know, I mean, I would have expected almost widespread panic. By oh, know. You know, well, that's... Rugby tackles and everything. Doesn't look good for the for the Spanish security. System. Just going to say a huge uh, welcome into the chat room for the first time, but uh, with the help of the main man, Micah, uh, we've got a welcome, Barbara, into uh, into the chat room this morning. Oh, She's hello. joined Morning, us, Barbara. Her first time in the chat room, so a big welcome, warm welcome to Barbara. Welcome to the kitchen studio. Us. Yes, and also a hello to Don Sebastian yeah, hi, Don. Uh, from North Carolina in the USA. The pre-buy guy, uh, welcome mm. to you as well. Indeed, oh, very exciting stuff. I know, it's good. All these people in the chat room are so exciting. I know, it's great, isn't it? It's good. So the next story moving on, on yes. the CH Aviation site, mm-hmm. and uh, the headline, uh, Kuwait Airways begins disposing of parked A3, or A310 fleet. Uh, so uh, the Kuwaiti Airways has begun selling off its entire fleet of oh, Airbus no. A310-300s. Oh, these Following, are quite old, aren't they? Oh, they are yeah, quite yeah, old, okay, yeah. yeah. Following their uh, retirement from scheduled service late last year. According to the CH Aviation Fleet database, the carrier's four aircraft of the type are in storage at Q8. However, local media reports indicate that they have now been acquired by an undisclosed international firm, which will shortly remove them to a new unspecified location. Meanwhile, Kuwait Airways has begun the process of disposing of its retired AA300 fleet with uh, 9 kilo Alpha Mike Alpha and uh, 9 kilo Alpha Mike Bravo having been ferried to Roswell last week uh, for part out and scrap and uh, a further three A300s and a single A300C4 remain. Uh, The carrier is uh, Kuwaiti Airways is replacing their wide-bodied fleet with new A330-200s and before long the A350-900s are going to be joining the fleet as well. Uh, Kuwaiti Airways have got um, uh, 28 aircraft in their uh, in their fleet at the moment, mm. um, with uh, 40 destinations. I mean, they're quite it's quite a smallish kind of uh, network they've got, 
but uh, they're uh, I mean they those A3 I mean the A300s are, are really really old mm. uh, and the A310s as well but uh, just goes to show don't it you know yeah, it's, it's, they, they've lasted the um, lasted time and it's also very very hot out there mm. you know these these aircraft are working in incredibly hot conditions yeah. as well but uh, uh, a quick goodbye to Pip he's now leaving the chat room he's off to the Royal, Royal Ascot to go and uh, watch the Red Bull race so good luck to, to him on that one he's off to Royal Ascot I know well not 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 for horse racing which is which is which is what it's more famous for it's uh, the Red Bull air races today. I was going to say, he's not going to be able to do a segment from there, is he? No. But we have got a segment. We have got a segment from Pip. It's literally hot off the presses. Um, But uh, it hasn't been screened, which is always a nervous experience. Oh, dear. Uh, So we we don't know what that's going to be about, do we? Hello. Yeah, so we've got we've got lots of new names appearing in the chat room. Have we? Very exciting. Who yeah, we so got? We've, Who we've we got? got we've got Amir Patel. He's just arrived in 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 the chat room. Good morning, Amir. And, uh, good morning. Yes, and let me uh, obviously Evan Shu. We've already covered. Uh, where are we? Uh, York Moller. He's now in the chat room. Hello, as well. York. It's uh, it's it's a busy old morning. This is what we like to see. Do you know what, Matt? Those um those A three hundreds at Kuwaiti yeah. Airways. Oh, what you mean back on task? Yeah, back Sorry. on task. <laughs> those those um those A three hundreds that that uh, they're getting real. Mm. Do you know they first uh, first flew in nineteen seventy. Wow! Yeah, they're wow. older than us. Wow, that's uh, that's really terrifying. Yeah, the uh, the <laughs> yeah, you're, How old are you again? Uh, twenty-one. Yeah, are you right? um, What's that? Twenty-one <laughs> plus VAT. VAT uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, these A three tens that uh, that that Kuwait Airways are, 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 are selling. Uh, Nineteen eighty-two. Wow. Yeah, so that's they're really, they are quite mm. old aircraft. Yeah, but, but no, well, you know, they're not cheap things. Let's let's, let's be honest. No, and parting out is a good way. A lot of airlines do get back a bit of money when they part mm. these aircraft out. So yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Anyway, on to the next story, and this is on the Mail Online website, and um, uh, the headline is "Now that's a low flying aircraft." Oh, uh, amazing bloody. picture shows pedestrians die for their lives as a water bombing plane flies in for a refill. Uh, in flight against, uh, sorry, in fight against the French forest fires. Now, this obviously is a horrible story because uh, you know large parts of of, of uh, the French woodland are very much sort of going going up in flames during during this sort of hotter weather that they're having over in France. But uh, uh, tourists at a beauty spot got the fright of their lives after a low flying aircraft zoomed past them just a few feet off the ground. The bombardier. <laughs> I do it on purpose. I do know it. The Bombardier uh, 415 was spotted coming in for a refill at uh, a lake whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce in in the uh, in the in the Pyrenees. Villeneuve. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lake in the Pyrenees. That's all I need okay. to know. After helping battle a spate of forest fires in the south of France, known as Canadian water bombers, the aircraft are specifically designed uh, for firefighting and have been used around the world since 1994. Um, I'm just going to pop that photo up very, very uh, quickly. This is yeah. a, this is a so this is this that is, is low, isn't it? I mean, that's basically that's, skimming the tops of the trees. That looks low, but the the following pictures, man, really gets, okay. Yeah. All right then, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll persevere. We'll go a bit further down the story. Oh my goodness, keep me. going, so, keep going, keep going. Okay, there so we go. we'll here with this. This is uh, apologies if you are listening to the audio version of this, um, but uh, take yourself to DailyMail.co.uk and search for low flying aircraft. You'll see the pictures that we're talking about. Uh, I mean, they. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's low. Yeah, that is that is pretty low. In but, fact, that actually looks like it's about to touch the railing. That's how low. But it that's is. not low. He must have made a mistake, surely, to think that, he was. No, that that's low. not low. Right. Keep, keep going. Okay, keep, keep going. going. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. 
Uh, oh my <laughs> giddy aunt, whoever she may be. Oh dear, you guys in the. You uh, have to see these pictures to believe. Seriously, to if you're listening to the audio podcast, please take either, either either go to our website or go to dailymail.co.uk. Carlos will post this on our Facebook feed in the next. This couple is of minutes amazing. To help you that, find this. That is. What? I mean, that must be. Sc- I mean, they must. They're, they're, losing, they're losing paint on, if, if, on this particular. Um, if you look at this photo, look at the left-hand side photo. Yeah. Right. Okay. And look to where the the landing gear wheel is retracted. There's a guy with a camera just to the blow to the right of that, whose head is actually millimeters away. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's just terrifying, isn't it? Oh, oh my that. God. anyway, enough of that. Picture's making me feel sick. We're going to move away from I know. <laughs> that. It's there is incredible. a video there as well that somebody shot of it coming into land. So the site was quickly captured on camera by a number of tourists before the plane dropped into the nearby lake. Uh, it can carry up to 1,349 gallons of water and was aiding some 2,500 firefighters in France after they were called to the southern tip of the country to battle a blaze that spread across the thousands of acres and destroyed homes but spared uh, the city in Marseille, which is uh, great news. Um, French uh, Interior Minister Bernard, someone or other, said on Thursday four people were seriously injured, uh, one civilian, a resident of the Marseille region, and three firemen who succumbed to the flames. That's really awful. Uh, The firemen were unable to contain the fire before the the southern winds spread it to the nation's second largest city. Which is must say. So that, I mean, I they're mean, doing a great job. They're doing a stunning uh, job, and, yeah. uh, and these are, these aircraft are so mm, heavily used for this yeah, uh, purpose. There's also, I mean, there's other fire bombers that you use as yeah. well. But um, but that, I mean, that's incredibly low. It is I incredibly just... low. Right? I mean, it's just uh, I mean, it could so easily have been a different story. It could have been you know sort of people being there harmed as a result. So there's a nice picture here of it picking up the water. Uh, actually, go, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's an amazing aircraft. Don't get me wrong. As I say, oh, it's no. just an awful story, really. I've got uh, I've got a friend who lives in Marseille, actually. I, bet I, I didn't realise that this was going on. It sort of, I don't know, it sort of skipped our um, our media this mm. this week, which is a bit um, strange. But um, anyway, the next story on to the next story yes. is on the Gizmodo site, Australia. Mm. And uh, the headline, Qantas uh, is launching free Wi-Fi on domestic aircraft. We like that. So Qantas is gearing up for the rollout of free Wi-Fi on around 100 domestic flights under a partnership with global broadband service provider Viasat that will tap into the NBN network. Uh, the new service will feature speeds up to 10 times faster than conventional onboard Wi-Fi, wow. meaning you can not only stream movies and TV shows and the latest uh, news bulletins and live sports mm. uh, results on flights, um, but uh, you can also use the in-flight connectivity to help with turbulence and maintenance and medical emergencies and connections. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in-flight uh, tri- trials are expected to begin with a single Qantas Boeing 737 aircraft in late 2016, retrofitted with equipment enabled uh, uh, it to broker or have high-speed Wi-Fi. Uh, a full rollout across Qantas's domestic fleet of A330s and Boeing 737s is planned from early 2017, with the aircraft to be fitted with modems and the advanced antenna uh, that receives the satellite signals. 
and uh, it's, uh, the story goes on about how the uh, Wi-Fi can assist with medical um, stuff, you know, situations on board, mm. which uh, we've talked about previously on the yes, show. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to uh, to see. Uh, I'd love to do a speed ch- uh, test to see mm. just how fast. Cause we've had issues. We've had really terrible issues here. Uh, on the east coast in the UK with our Wi-Fi and broadband yep. here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should I should say though, if it's using a satellite-based system, you should be good. No ordinary. Oh, what I'm saying, no, an, no, 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 no. An ordinary uh, speed test uh, won't won't necessarily give you accurate figures. You need to use a special one uh, if you're going to do a satellite support because obviously you get much bigger latency issues mm. um, with a satellite. Sorry, everybody's glazed over. Uh, <laughs> do, do you remember, Matt? Do you remember, cast your mind back a year or something. Um, do you remember that uh, we'd done a show, a live show once, and, and Dan Hannington was standing on a cliff uh, watching the show? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Dan Hannington is on a cliff. Oh, and waiting for the Eastbourne Air Show to start. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, hello, absolutely. good morning to you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Morning, Dan. Looking yeah. forward to the photos. Yeah, you've got reasonable weather, actually. I don't know what it's like. It's got good weather. I don't know what it's like where you are. But, um, so free Wi-Fi, that's good. I like it that. Is free, we, like, good. we like free Wi-Fi. Free yeah, is good. Definitely yeah. the way forward. Anyway, on to the next story. This is on the Telegraph website, telegraph.co.uk. And the headline is revealed for cheapest airlines per mile. And Ryanair is not where you'd think. <gasps> now, this is interesting, isn't it? Uh, so uh, Romeo to Rio a travel search engine compared nearly 1.2 million airfares from 312 airlines to determine which carrier's average price uh, to determine each carrier's average price per kilometre it found that Scoot a Singapore-based carrier, was the world's cheapest airline, charging an average of, and this is all in US dollars, uh, but per kilometre was charging 7 uh, seven cents, five p. So uh, basically, five p. Five p. Uh, per kilometer, followed by Russia's Aeroflot and Australia's Jetstar wow. Airways. <laughs> uh, more, more interestingly, however, was the fact that the inter- intercontinental airlines, such as Emirates, uh, Sri Lankan, Singapore Airlines, and Cathay Pacific, were all ranked cheaper than Ryanair, which, according to Rome to Rio, charges an average price of eleven cents or eight pence per kilometer. Ryanair, however, was declared cheaper per kilometer than EasyJet, that's great news, uh, who were 22nd, Virgin Atlantic, who ranked 25th, and British Airways, who were ranked 41st. Uh, Telegraph Travel put Rome Rome to Rio's research to the test with hypothetical bookings from Birmingham to Faro uh, with Ryanair and Birmingham to Dubai with Emirates leaving on the 2nd of September and returning on September the 9th. And uh, Ryanair was indeed more expensive, charging 4.8 pence per kilometre compared to Emirates' 3.7 pence. Uh, However, in another booking, Ryanair showed itself to be significantly cheaper. One-way flights from London to Barcelona worked out at 2.4 pence (laughs) per kilometre with the low-cost carrier, whilst London to Dubai with Emirates came in at 7.8 pence. Mm. Uh, Both bookings were for the 7th of October. Our our analysis is intended to be a conversion starter not a definitive statement on pricing trends, said Rome to Rio CEO Rod Cuthbert. 
Uh, Cuthbert believes these rankings will be subject to significant shifts over the coming months. With global uncertainty around oil prices, economic stability, uh, geopolitical pressure and the UK's recent decision to leave the European Union, we expect that there will be many changes to these rankings, he said. Now, I'll just go through the, uh, the list. As I say, so we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just do the top ten. I'll just try to see, because the one thing they don't say is where Ryanair feet. Oh, so they're oh, Ryanair yeah, 13. 13th. Ryanair 13th. unlucky 13. Yeah, unlucky 13. Mm. Um, so number 12 is uh, Guardia Indonesia. Uh, number 11, V Australia. I don't know who that is. Do you know who V Australia is? V Australia, that's like a low cost, I think. Yeah, uh, indeed. Stephen Grant would do more Indeed, that. absolutely. Ten um, was Cathay Pacific, nine was Singapore Airlines, eight was Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka. Uh, seven was Wizz Air. Wizz Air. Em- em- uh, um, Emirates scored very well six. at six. Yeah. AirAsia in fifth place. Tiger Airways, Tiger. which is another another bugbear. Yeah, number four. <laughs> Although it's based in Singapore, I think, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Tiger is, Air, yeah. But it flies to Australia a lot. In third place was Jetstar Airways, which is which is Australian based. Aeroflot was Russia, and Russia. then obviously Scoot number one uh, with Singapore. But uh, so it's an interesting if, you, top if you're going to fly anywhere, fly with Scoot. Yeah, absolutely cheaper Sing- per mile. Well, it appears to be mm. that. Yeah, absolutely mm, very interesting. Anyway, on to the next story. Is on the Independence website and the headline it's mm. time to overhaul airline safety I should just say before we move on Micah mm. had a very good point in the chat room there is it, that actually it pays uh, not necessarily to just look at price no, um, obviously no. you've got to look at quality of service which is like why that. Travel Republic uh, travel, uh, TripAdvisor sorry yes. do the, uh, the Indeed, flight yeah. uh, thingy I think that's a really good yeah, idea good. because people we've covered that we've yeah. covered that but uh, yeah sorry. it's a good idea though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely so yes, independent. Oh, it's Virgin, it's Virgin Australia. Apparently, Virgin V Australia, Australia is Virgin, yeah, Virgin Australia. Australia. Right, okay. Sorry. My apologies. My faux pas. Thank I you, Amir. Appreciate that. Really. that. Yeah, this is why I like the chat room because I I, I'm stupid <laughs> and I know very little, <laughs> and so the chat room can make me look like a right smart. What's it? So, uh, <laughs> going back to task in yeah, the oh, sorry, independent yeah. uh, news uh, uh, website here, and the headline, as I said, it's time to overhaul airline safety demonstration. Mm. Uh, with attention to spans that which are short on most aspects of flight with passengers, I always pay attention. But it's not. It's time for a shake-up, says Simon Calder. So the aviation industry has worked miracles, improving everything from engineering to interpersonal relationships on the flight deck, and uh, it's highly unlikely that you or I are ever going to be involved in a serious aviation accident. But it does happen. Uh, then it is likely to be survivable, and it all depends on the evacuation. As the Emirates EK521 at Dubai proved earlier this month when it crashed onto the runway, all the passengers and crew escaped the burning Boeing, through a f- uh, though, although a firefighter was sadly killed in the blaze. Yeah, they, they collected all their hand luggage, mind. On the way out, yeah. <laughs> so with the worldwide accident rate at extraordinarily low levels, it's... Uh, he argued that passengers do uh, ter- do need to turn to make their bit flying even more safer, and travellers do need to sharpen up in preparation for that very rare event of an emergency evacuation. And uh, one of the things you got to assess where your nearest exits are. One thing I always do, even now, in the well-seasoned traveller that I am, and also yell at anyone who reaches for their hand luggage. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, also, listening to the safety briefings as well, uh, which are given by the crew before you take off, is, is also obviously a very good thing to do. And uh, you've obviously got the, um, for those of you who sit in the overwing exit seats, you normally have a, a member of the flight crew or your know, flight attendant crew or, who come and speak to you about reading the uh, placard on the reverse of the yeah, chair yeah, yeah. or the, in, the, in the seat pocket about how to operate the overwing exit seats and stuff. Um, so they're going to try and have a, uh, a change as to, uh, to how these... Uh, 
demonstrations are given. Mm. I don't quite know. It doesn't really go into discussion as to what they're going to do. But um, it's, you see, this annoys me because it's not a very long briefing. No. If your attention span is that mm. poor that you can't watch a guy for less than five minutes, like, you know, doing, doing the, the safety briefing... You know, or you can't read. You can't be bothered to sit there and read the little. I mean, like with the. I'll use Ryanair as an example. But it, on the headrest there, they have a little card, don't they, in the pocket? Mm. Uh, and and it is literally only like two sides of an A4 laminated sheet. You know, that just covers you the basics of where 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 to go in an emergency. If your attention span is that poor, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be on an aircraft. Mm. I'm sorry. You've got to, you know, you've got to accept that, you know, in the same way that, you know, all right, when you get on a coach, you need to just, like, you know, have a quick look around, see where, see where, where everything I mean, is. Budget I mean, carriers, it just makes common sense, Budget surely. carriers like Ryanair haven't got TVs on board their aircraft, no. as you know, and neither have uh, quite a few of the sort of the, the low-cost carriers in, around Europe. But those, those air carriers that do have, like, the seat-back TV monitors and the drop-down monitors from the overhead uh, bins and stuff... Um, airlines such as Air New Zealand have got that amazing mm. um, safety mm. in flight, the safety video that they're now using with the, with the yeah. various famous yeah, people yeah, yeah, doing yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you and sent me one uh, during the, the week. The link, yeah. 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 And, I mean, I've watched that a few times now, and it's such a good video. Yeah. And it and things like that, I, I tell you, you we'll, watch, a, we'll ask them if they'll let us play it out. We'll ask them if they'll let us play it out. That'll be good. I think yeah. that'll be good because that is such we'll a good. Write to them and ask. If you um if if you go over to uh, to YouTube and look on to, uh, to the new Air New Zealand's latest uh, in-flight safety video, it's just mm. it's just so funny. Uh, Mike is having a little chat in the in the chat room with people. Is he now? now? Yeah, it's funny that chatting in the chat room. I know <laughs> whatever next. Uh, but he, he was saying um, that about um, that they need to sort of reword it and stuff. And I, I, he's right, obviously. But I just they're making it sound like the 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 briefing goes on for two hours. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. Mm. It only goes on for a very short period of time. Yeah. Although he does have a great suggestion in the fact that he should do the briefing. And then the airplane, the, you know, like, like they do, because it's a recorded message that they often often play out. I can't think of anyone better, frankly, to do my safety briefing yeah. than than, um, than than Micah. I think that would be the that one would forward. be yeah yeah absolutely. Perhaps perhaps Micah should record a safety briefing that yeah. uh, is global on every yeah, airline. Absolutely, a yeah. safety yeah. You know, safety briefing by yeah. Micah. Splendid. There we are, Micah. That's your next project. That's your next project, uh, for, Micah. For your, for your next uh, for your next segment uh, that you send us, <laughs> I would like uh, I would like a full safety briefing on oh, how you think it should be done. How you think it yeah, should be absolutely. done? Yeah. yeah. There we are. There's your homework, mate. Enjoy. Oh, I love that. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, on to the next story. Then this, this next story is especially for our listeners across the pond in Australia. Right, okay, good. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes, you, you, you were briefing me on this story. This while story I was is flying and brilliant. Up. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, brace yourself. I think there could be some What's the headline, random man? noises What's coming the headline? from. There's going to be some random noises coming from that tablet. Oh, there we are. Uh, it basically this is on abc.net.au, so it's uh, ABC Australia news, and the headline is "Flaming Toilet Rolls Guide Royal Doctor Pardon? Royal." Sorry, what? P- flaming what, Matt? Flaming toilet rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Not a flaming galah, no. It's flaming toilet rolls guide Royal Flying Doctor Service aircraft to remote airstrip. There you are. There's a headline I never thought I'd ever read out. Uh, the Royal Flying Doctor Service has used flaming toilet rolls to light up an airstrip in northwest Queensland. They were flying in to rescue a station hand who was critically injured while working on a property uh, around about 180 kilometres north of Cloncurry. Concur- yeah. uh, pilot Jeff Co- uh, Cobden 
said that there were no flares available to light the runway, so they turned to the next best thing. 20 toilet paper rolls soaked in fuel. Uh, I've probably landed with toilet rolls a few times. Uh, I've probably landed with toilet rolls a few times a year, he said. Wow, sorry, I had to read that again. Uh, basically, they dip them in diesel so that they're soaked and put them, uh, and then put, lay them out on the runway. And then I tell them I'll, I'll call them on the UHF inbound, and then once I'm overhead, they light them up. And then I'll circle overhead to make sure that they've set them up correctly, and then I land. Uh, Mr. Wow. Cobden said uh, flying in remote spots required lateral thinking at times the last resort we can land with the lights of four cars which gives us a touchdown point and where the other end of the airstrip is but uh, that's an absolute last resort he said yeah, he obviously prefers the toilet roll option that's clearly the way forward generally if a station doesn't have flares the toilet roll option is the next best thing to using car lights and most stations have got enough toilet rolls well that's good news for everyone concerned isn't it uh, the injured female station hand was picked up from an airstrip um, near the Birkenwills Wills Roadhouse and uh, taken to Mount Ayer Hospital. Now, there's a great picture here that was taken as the aircraft was coming into land. So I'm just going to pop that up on, uh, on the screen very quickly. Again, if you're w listening to the audio podcast, take yourself to abc.net.au and search for Flaming Toilet Rolls. That will probably find it for you. And, uh, yeah, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can just see a marvellous little uh, image there uh, as the Flying Doctor service is coming into land and you can see sort of what looks like little balls of flame literally there are toilet rolls of flame that have been dunked in diesel that's an ingenious idea oh, isn't it brilliant that oh, is that's absolutely so good. brilliant that's yeah, so I good i love it absolutely what what a brilliant brilliant story well done that ingenuity <laughs> there you know what are you going to use well toilet I mean, roll obviously, toilet roll, the obviously yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just that, hope that's my go-to position i just hope no one had any any dodgy food that evening oh, you know dear. yeah suddenly yeah. there's a national toilet roll toilet shortage, roll shortage yeah, yeah. <laughs> perish the thought so the next story uh, yes, after yes. that. Head out of the gutter, everyone. Yes. It's on the Flight Global's uh, site, and the ATSB looks into Jetstar 787 engine shutdown incident. Oh. The Australian Transport Safety Bureau is investigating an engine shutdown incident involving a Jetstar Airways Boeing 787-8 on the 7th of August. The aircraft was about 370 kilometres north of Guam when the flight crew received a low oil quantity and pressure warning from the right-hand engine during cruise. The engine was shut down and the crew divided, uh, diverted the jet to Guam International Airport and there were no injuries and the aircraft was not damaged. The Safety Bureau says it will in, uh, interview the crew and gather more information with a final report to be completed by December. Uh, Fleet's analyzer database shows the 2015 built jet is powered by General Electric Gen X engines and owned and managed by Qantas. Okay. The little story there with uh, mm. with this because we uh, every now and again we do get these uh, these engine issues coming up um, mm. um, with the Dreamline and this one this time uh, it, you know it's uh, it's a General Electric engine so mm. a bit different there. So moving on to the next yeah, story. moving on to the next on story. On the breaking travel news yes. site, this one. This one is to do with Gatwick Airport, and it says Gatwick Airport celebrates busiest ever month. And this is good news, because you know, you, so Gatwick sort of gets forgotten about a little bit, I think, doesn't it? But mm. Gatwick Airport has achieved the busiest single month in its 80-year history, as 4.6 million passengers travelled through the airport in July. The figure represents a 6.9% increase on the same month last year. Long-haul routes continue their impressive growth as the airport 
airport growing 23% collectively versus last July against a backdrop of traffic growth stalling at other major European airports, as reported by the Airports Council International this week. North Atlantic routes grew 49.9% with Toronto routes up 106.4%, Calgary routes up 120.8% and Vancouver routes up by 85.4%. All are new destinations served by WestJet as part of their 28 flights weekly to destinations in Canada from Gatwick. Recent months at Gatwick have also seen an increase in cargo volumes up 31% on an average of every month of the last quarter. Gatwick expansion will support significant growth in cargo, which is forecast to reach 1,070,000 tonnes by 2050. That's an awful lot of uh, tonnage, isn't it? The growth in long-haul markets will provide more opportunity for choice and competition with the air freight market. Average load factors were consistently strong at 90%. That's a good number, isn't it? 90% flights all full, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Gatwick Airport Chief Executive Stuart Wingate said that Gatwick's continued long-haul growth up 23% year-on-year. That's a big number as well, going up 23% year-on-year. And strong cargo growth are the latest proof that competition in the London airport's market is working. Our continued success provides proof of the benefits of a two-runway gap of, of a two-runway Gatwick would deliver for Britain. Uh, here we go. There's the there's this speech, isn't it? They want the second because they've only got one, haven't they? They got two. Uh, one, uh, yeah, because yeah. they want. I know they want a they second want one. To, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They need to. You will indeed. Yeah, expansion of Gatwick's uh, expansion of Gatwick, London's fastest growing long haul gateway, would show London it's open for business to the world. As the forty one point seven million passengers flying with us in the last year have seen, Gatwick is undergoing a massive transformation. The brand new images we have revealed today provide a unique aerial perspective of the world's most efficient single runway airport which is also in the Premier League of airports with more than 50 long haul routes. So I'm just going to pop up a couple of those photos now. These are quite stunning photos actually aren't they? What a view that is. There we go. You can see that for those yeah. of you watching in YouTube you'll be able yeah. to see those on uh, Yeah, on, on the YouTube thing. The YouTube it it is uh, www.breakingtravelnews.com and then just search for Gatwick Airport. It'll be there. It's been um, going a few years, Matt. The Air Ministry approved commercial flights from uh, Gatwick in 1933. Mm, yes, I know. I know. It was originally built for the war effort, wasn't mm. it? Along with Heathrow. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there we go. It's uh, as I say, some cracking photos there. I'll just sort of scroll up and show you a few more. Take of those. it by a drone. Do you think yeah. those ones? Yeah. Well, I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they had the appropriate clearance. Appropriate clearance. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so photos, they, they, they are they are great photos. So make sure you take yourself to uh, the Breaking Travel News website and have a look at those pictures. They are great. Lovely Emirates 380 there on the right hand side. Oh dear. So, you're, uh, ob you're obsessed. I know. So the next, uh, <laughs> next story. And, on the uh, subject of drones. On the fact. subject of drones, yeah. 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 Matt uh, picked up on this one during the week mm. uh, on the Guardian site and the headline, drone and plane in near miss close to Newquay Airport. So police are investigating reports of a drone flying close to passenger plane or to a passenger plane with 62 people on board. Uh, police are investigating reports of the near miss between a drone and passenger plane uh, in Cornwall. The incident took place shortly before 3pm on Wednesday as the flyby flight with 62 people on board was going to land at Newquay Airport. Mm. Uh, Inspector Dave Meredith said the aircraft was travelling around 900 feet 
and was approximately two miles from the airport just south of St. Croix Major when it reported a near miss with a drone which flew alongside the aircraft. Oh, that must have been a, one hell of a fast drone then. Yeah. Uh, police immediately conducted the search of the area, but neither the drone nor its operator could be located. There's a um, surprise. There is, there, a, there is yet again the, the argument for having them all RF tagged so that you know, yeah. a, a transponder GPS somewhere can pick up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can, everybody knows where they are at all times and they can at least try and pin it down a bit. So BALPA, uh, the British Airline Pilots Association, has called for a register of drone users for the Department uh, for Transport and the CAA to back research into possible consequences of a collision. There has never been a confirmed collision between a drone and an aeroplane in the UK, but concerns among pilots have been mounting after a number of near misses. There were 23 near misses between aircraft and drones between the 11th of April and the 4th of October last year, according to the UK Airprox board, with 12 of those given an A rating, which means serious risk of collision. So this is a serious, serious, you know, the drone, and this is not going to go away, it's only going to, mm. you know, carry on, but... Um, Eagle-eyed viewers will have noticed, by the way, that Mrs. Carlos has just appeared. Uh, <laughs> Evans just said hello to, hello, has said good morning, sorry, to Mrs. Carlos. Yeah, e- Evans says hello, Mrs. Carlos, dear. I'm sorry, I'm Indeed, yeah. And uh, J- J- <laughs> Jacob no. had a good point, actually. He was saying that... Um, uh, did I just hear you say a lovely Airbus A380? Surely not being a Boeing man, Carlos. No, no, I, I, I do like the 380. <laughs> Whoa! Well, I've been on them enough. Whoa! Times. The 380. The you 380. heard it here the first. Yeah, the, is the Alzheimer's setting in already? Is that? What I know. It is? It's yeah. old age. <laughs> it's triggered by old age. I know. <laughs> oh dear, never mind. Uh, all so part uh, of the fun. penultimate, uh, oh, the story, penultimate then. story. Yes. Uh, uh, this is on a new website. It's the hmm. Inertia. I Inertia. Think. Inertia.com. Hmm. Interesting. Um, indeed, absolutely. And the headline is uh, five tips to keep airline board bag fees from ruining. Your trip. There well, that's are. easy. Just, yes. just don't take an oversized one don't that weighs too much. Right, okay. <laughs> yes. okay. Here's the simplest way to describe the frustration of paying board bag fees. Uh, nobody really knows what the heck they are, that what they what the heck they may or may not fork out for whenever they arrive at an airport. Sure, surfers are a pretty privileged bunch for this to become one of our biggest gripes, but here's how we know we're right in the world of the, uh, sorry, right in the world uh, battle against obnoxious overside baggage fees. It's one of the things that all surfers actually agree on. Uh, <laughs> board bag fees suck and they don't, did you proofread this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, so board bag fees suck and they don't always make sense. Airline A charges X while airline B charges Y. Then somehow airline B manages to charge you something for something completely different on return flight for no apparent reason. One airline has a size and weight restriction while another only cares uh, that you don't pack more than two boards in your bag. It's too much for any one surfer to know uh, about uh, every arbitrary policy. I've been lucky enough to swing three solid surf trips this year. Uh, I haven't got the name of the guy who's written this at the moment, but uh, but uh, anyways, a humble brag coming here. Uh, I haven't paid a dime in board bag fees. Here's how, plus a tip or two, I may employ soon. Uh, number one is go portable. 
collapsible surfboards may not sound like the pinnacle of high performance, but then again, surfboards aren't the most convenient sporting equipment to lug around anyway. I recently saw a collapsible board going for somewhere in the ballpark of around about $1,100. Uh, I'm assuming this is on an Australian website. I'm not sure. No, I think it's American, isn't it? Anyway, $1,100. Uh, so it's going to take quite a few flights to pay for itself. But hey, this is a battle of principles anyway. Option two is choose, or they say number two is choose your airline wisely. Not all board bag fees are created equal. In fact, there are airlines who don't charge you a penny to bring surfboards. Uh, so long as they're written uh, within a certain weight and size limit. Air New Zealand takes your boards for free, while United Airlines, well, you don't want to know what United Air, what United charge you. Uh, spend some time on Google, get an updated list of airline surfboard baggage fees, and choose your airline accordingly. Even if you end up paying a little bit more to fly with an airline that has a, a fee you prefer, uh, at least you know what you're walking into. Um, bro till you know uh, is is <laughs> is the headline on op- on number three. Uh, this is a a, con- a contingent. Uh, on your own networking skills and how much people like you but oddly uh, it is my go-to don't be afraid to ask friends and friends of friends for a little bit of help you'll be surprised who comes through with uh, in the clinch Uh, a free loaner board is often just a couple of text messages away uh, whether you work uh, in the industry or not this one won't work for any and every surf trip but if you know somebody near your destination the odds are that you're going to be in luck uh, once I planned to bring boards uh, with me uh, until uh, a buddy uh, casually offered me to dig out his uh, his quiver. Sorry, this, this story is making absolutely no sense to me. I'm going to have to abort it there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Basically, it's a surfing story, and uh, I, yeah, it's, it's to do with sort of trying to. Uh, it's one of get, those things. Yeah. One of those things that I don't very often see coming around the carousel. No, at, at the no, because well, no, they land. know when they go in the oversized thing, yeah, don't they? There yeah. is a special thing. But number four is saying buy local or just rent. Uh, number five is make a phone call. Um, in the, in some of the minds to do homework, <laughs> um, I once uh, called an airline to clarify their policy the day before the trip, so I wasn't walking in surprised to check in. In fact, I explicitly explicitly said I'm being diligent so that I don't bring the wrong boards and pay unnecessary fees. And the customer service folks went out of their way to help. So yeah, a quick phone call probably doesn't do you any harm. But uh, yes, yeah, so there's five top tips really on the best way of getting your surfboard. Um, any, uh, well, su- any well, surfers any overs- in the chat any, room? Any, any oversized, in the chat room? Any oversized bags, I think, really. It's, it's good advice for anyone who has to carry oversized equipment on a regular basis. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, thanks for that story, Carlos. I know. I like to look after you. Mm, yes, that's something like that. Not impressed. Anyway... <laughs> Oh, well, that was actually the last story. Oh, was it? That was actually oh, okay. the that last story. Oh, okay, that okay. was the last story. That was the last story. That was by way of a, a sort of, uh, <laughs> yes, this is going really well. Caught you right out of yeah, the yeah. last one there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Episode 125 is definitely a keeper. There's loads <laughs> of uh, loads of chat going on in the yeah. chat room and stuff. No, I, I was just discussing in the chat room with the guys Myla, there. Myla says she surfs, on the in, she, she, she surfs every day on the, on the internet. internet. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's the yeah, way That's a cheap way of doing it, yeah. Absolutely. One of the things I'm looking at the moment that, trying to research flights to go to back to Oman in right. October this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, you're looking after the house that Okay, week. good, lovely. Look and, um, <laughs> yeah, do you know, one of the things I've, I looked at, right, and the return flights flying mm. with kind of Emirates and, and yeah. uh, Etihad and Gulf Air, yeah. 
um, all roughly around the seven eight hundred pounds mm. mark return yeah. for two people, and uh, but that's that's flying on Airbus the three eighties and the three thirties, right. which is lovely. But uh, I want to try the the Dreamliner while Matt moves my camera. Yeah, and the uh, wife is not going to allow you to do that. There's so no I, I looked I looked it. at uh, Qatar because Qatar are one of the uh, the few air, or one of the only airlines that that uh, run the Dreamliner to uh, to Oman uh, from Heathrow and. Um, mm. Micah is asking if um, motherboards are, are the same as surfboards. Yeah, they're very similar. Motherboards, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But you know, one thing I found though, when <laughs> I was researching I flights and that, and and pr- most of the people in the chat room will know this anyway. Mm. But uh, if you say you want to book a, a, a one-way ticket, say say that the flight prices are quite cheap with one mm-hmm. airline and quite cheap with another. Mm-hmm. If you do a, a, a single return one-way trip mm. or one-way trip with one company and one way with the other. Mm. The price doubles for one-way trips. Really? So, so an, a return uh, trip for us with with uh, mm. Emirates to to Oman via Dubai was kind of about eight hundred quid, right? Thereabouts. So I thought, well, I'll try. I'll book it one way with one airline and one way with Emirates. Let's mm. see if they can get the price down. No. No, really. Double. Oh, yeah, really? nearly double. Yeah. You've done that before, though, haven't you? Where you've flown yeah. out with one airline and come, and come home back with, with another. another. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's really expensive. So. Well, that's a bit of a surprise. Anyway, time now to uh, race in what I can only describe as our resident pilot. So um, it's uh, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what the headlight. Uh, what what, uh, what is it about today? I have no idea because we literally downloaded the segment before we start the show. So oh, you read the email. What you said? Oh no, that was just a, just a clip. A little, you know, the, uh, oh, the downloadable oh, file. Okay, right, okay, all right. So uh, anyway, brace yourselves, everyone, because it is literally hot off the press as it arrived. Yes, very we hot do- off the press. Yeah, while we were doing the show. So it hasn't been screened or anything, so apologies in advance <laughs> if, if if Pip is playing, playing tricks on us. But uh, brace yourselves, it's time to welcome our resident pilot. Plane safety from the flight deck with pilot Pip. Good morning, everyone. It's Pip here. Before I go on with the segment, I just have to say this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Carlos, you've turned 40. Oh, how I feel sorry for you. 40 years old, Carlos. Oh, it's all over. You may as well just get a shotgun and end it all now. I can't believe how old you are. Ugh. It's so long before I'm 40. Anyhow, happy birthday, mate. Hope you're having a good one and having a good show. But listen, this is my little opportunity to have a weekly whinge and complain and get things off my chest. So that's what I'm going to do in this little segment. And I'm talking about ATIS, Automatic Terminal Information System. Uh, This is a radio broadcast at most large airports where they it's an automatic system just plays on a continuous loop, gets updated every half an hour or so, and it gives you the weather. Now, I know Captain Nick had a a similar sort of whinge a few months ago over on APG, but I feel like it's my turn. Now, when I'm tuning in and listening to an ATIS, when I'm approaching an airport getting ready to land, the things I want to know are what sort of approach is in use, what's the runway in use, and what the weather is. Anything else is additional information that could be put in a NOTAM or put somewhere else. What I don't want to have to do is to sit there and listen to someone droning on and on and on with all kinds of irrelevant nonsense on an ATIS broadcast. 
But unfortunately, that's what seems to happen more and more often these days. Atuses seem to be becoming huge, epic stories with plots and subplots and characters and twists and turns, and it's just outrageous. All I want is the freaking weather. So here's an example. And by no means the worst example either. This is an Atus recorded from Nice, somewhere I go all the time, Nice in the south of France. So let's have a little listen to the sort of thing that I'm talking about, to some of the irrelevant information that they decide to pump out on these things. Bonjour, this is Nice, Atus Information Foxtrot. Okay, that's helpful. It tells me the airport and the Atus code. Good stuff so far. Reported at comma 0842 UTC. And it tells me at what time the ATIS information was recorded, so I know it's a relatively recent uh, information. That's good as well. Expected approach POR Alpha, then VTT Alpha, runway 04 left. Nice, okay. Tells me what runway's in use and the approach I can expect. So in this case, the VOR approach followed by the visual to runway 04. So far, so good. Landing runway zero four left. Take okay, you already told me that bit, but that's fine. Off runway zero four right. And the takeoff runway zero four right. Yeah, okay. Expect departure six alpha six bravo six echo six lima. All right, so it's telling me what departures to expect. Well, I'm landing, so I'm not really interested in what departures to expect at the moment. Um, but even so, even if I was, well, I could figure that out, and all she's done there is listed all the available departures. So she's saying, expect one of the departures from the many that are available. Yeah, all right. Thanks, love. I could have figured that out for myself. Transition level 6, 0. Alpha 1, Bravo 1. Charlie 1 are holding points of an active runway. What? Charlie 1, Bravo 1, Alpha 1 are active holding points. Uh, duh, I can see that from the chart. I don't need you to tell me. That's ridiculous. That's one of the things that we brief when we're looking at airport diagrams and taxi routes. I don't need to be told that in Natus. That's, that's a little bit extraneous. That That's not necessary to put into an Natus, I think. Helicopter traffic above the sea. What? Are you kidding me? Helicopters? It's an airport. Of course there are blooming helicopters. Come on, get real. Tell me something I don't already know. Maximum 500 feet. Bird activity reported. Birds. Yeah, come on. It's a big open space near the sea. Of course there are birds. We all know that. It's not like we get to an airport and go, Blimey, look at that. There's birds. Who would have thought? Glide past November India runway zero four left unserviceable. Okay, that's vaguely useful to know that the glide path for the ILS is out of use, but the ILS isn't in use at the moment, and I could have read that off the no tams anyhow. Wind zero nine zero degrees. Okay, now finally we're getting to it. Here's the weather. This is the bit I, I tuned in to listen to. And I not. Visibility, one zero kilometers. Clouds, few, 3,000 feet. Broken, 13,000 feet. Temperature, one nine, two point seven. QNH, one zero one two. QFE, one zero one two. 
Okay, so it's giving me the weather there. The wind, the cloud, the temperature, the air pressure. That's the QNH. Uh, that's kind of all I really needed to know. That's why I tuned in. But let's see what else she's got for us. Runway zero four right, one zero one two. Runway zero four left, one zero one two. Confirm these. What? She's giving me QNHs for each of the runways. These runways are separated by about 50 meters. There's no way that they're going to have different air pressures. I mean, what does she think that these runways are in totally different countries and they're 100 miles apart? That's ridiculous. Why do I need to know the QNH for each separate runway? It's going to be the same. First contact that you have received information, Fox Drot. Wow, that was so much longer than it needed to be. You could have compressed that whole thing into a 20 second maximum broadcast. That did not need to be over a minute and a half of waffle and useless information. <sighs> Good to get that off my chest. So that's my whinge for this week. I'll be back next week hopefully with uh, another whinge, something else to complain about. Until then, take care, fly safe. And have a great day, Carlos, at your big party tonight. Sorry I can't be there, but I hope you have a great one. Alrighty, take care. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head. I think it's a case of data <laughs> overload, I think, on that one. How on earth, as a pilot, I, I don't know how these know. guys do it, seriously, because you're getting, inf I mean, there's enough information in front of you as you're coming into land or you're trying to work out your approach, etc. to have you fed all that information. You know, I mean, it must be difficult sometimes as a pilot to sit, sit there and think, right, that isn't relevant to me, that isn't relevant to me, I don't need that information. You know. I would I would show you what it's like here, but we're too far away from our local airport for me to receive it because you have to be fairly close mm. or have a good yeah, radio yeah. to be it. But um, they do make for interesting listening. Oh, do they? Right. Okay. Things, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jacob is, uh, is or uh, Jacob and Liz are just saying that uh, Pip is the young curmudgeon. <laughs> he's taken it. He's taken over from uh, Captain Nick. Yeah, the yeah, old Doc Cromudgeon. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the um, young, young Doc Cromudgeon. The, 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 the young Cromudgeon, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Bless. And Mash, Mash has just put that Pip and Nick should do a podcast uh, oh, together called no. Plain Winging. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? In fact, actually, I so want that to happen. I will the, personally go and meet up with both of them. The Plain Winging Podcast. <laughs> that, could, that, could be, that could be award winning. That could probably get more interest oh, than our show. <laughs> yeah, oh. don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so moving swiftly on, we have got a, a couple of uh, interesting uh, military news stories. And then we've got, us, uh, we've got our penultimate interview that we took at yep. React uh, this That's year, up shortly. Yep. which is coming up shortly. So uh, are we ready to do some military news? Yeah, let's do some military. Let's okay. go.
So the first story then, this is on the Express and Echo website. We're going first, aren't we? Indeed, we are, yes. I, I don't, okay. yeah, just because it's your birthday doesn't mean you get it all, all your right. own way. Uh, military jets flying low above Exeter in MOD exercise. Uh, so uh, if you were in Exeter this afternoon, it's likely that you would have heard the alarming noise of an RAF jet swooping above the city. The Ministry of Defence say that it's nothing to worry about, however, and it's part of routine training. An aviation worker uh, suggested the increase in low-flying patrols above Exeter could be in response to military threats from abroad. A spokesman for the MOD said that it, he would not come in to comment on this in terms of this specific incidence. It is a routine training programme and in its nature it is planned and part of a routine. Uh, a spokesman for Exeter International Airport said that the RAF would make contact with the airport's tra uh, traffic control system before entering their airspace and then um, when up in the air a common practice is to line themselves up as if they were going to land to practice. Uh, so the, the jets appear louder, the spokesman said, because they are flying lower, when in fact aircrafts have become quieter in recent decades. Last year, RAF jets were called to the skies just off the Cornish coast after two Russian military aircrafts were seen. Now this is something we we because we where we live here, mm. uh, yeah. where me and Matt are based here in the UK, we're, we're in quite a, we're, well we're in a valley yeah, kind of we thing. Are, We've yeah, got a valley absolutely. here. Yeah, they, they use this so area we get for training a lot. A lot of, uh, yeah, we get a, a lot of military aircraft training mm. and, and using the area for uh, for training. So especially the Apaches, yep. we get quite a lot of the Apache AH-64s flying mm. over here. Yeah, uh, a couple of we normally have Chinooks. We had a Chinook flyover yep. uh, a few days ago, really mm. low. Um, so it's something we're used to here, where we live yeah. in, uh, in this part of the UK, is uh, the, the MOD doing training missions above yeah. here. Absolutely. And I quite enjoy it, personally. Yeah. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so next story in the, yes. uh, on the Aviationist's website. Yep. And uh, this uh, a picture story. This one. Matt will put the pictures up in a moment. I will, yeah. Uh, but the headline, F-22 Raptor, grounded by a swarm of nearly 20,000 Bees. Wow, that's that's for, that's like something from a horror film, isn't it? <laughs> so on June, uh, well, on this is this was actually happened uh, in mm. June. Yeah, and the one the one hundred ninety second uh, fighter wing aircraft maintainers found something weird during a post-flight uh, inspection checks at Joint Base Langley, Eustis, Virginia. A swarm of honeybees hanging from the exhaust nozzle of an F twenty two Rapture engine. Uh, a cloud of a thousand odd bees, according to the maintenance squadron crew, uh, crew chief, was there, uh, were hanging from this uh, exhaust nozzle. And uh, since this has never happened before on the flight line, uh, they initially called on the base entomologist uh, to assess the situation. Uh, the entomologist immediately knew that he did not have the means to relocate the bees, so he referred to uh, a local honeybee keeper in Hampton, Virginia. And uh, the, uh, a U.S. Navy retired and local beekeeper arrived on the base with the needed materials and supplies uh, to, uh, to remove the swarm of bees. Uh, he was escorted to the aircraft and used vacuum hoses to safely corral the honeybees off the aircraft into large buckets. He then took the bees home and uh, found a hive that they could all go into, um, which he calculates held nearly 20,000 of these honeybees. I mean, this is. Uh, we put the picture on here on the screen for those of you mm. watching on yeah, uh, on YouTube. There we go. There I we mean, go. That, that is terrifying that stuff. Is, isn't um, it? <laughs> you know, I don't like it. <laughs> something that's uh, of all the things to ground an aircraft, uh, um, something that flies mm. grounds an air. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's quite uh, good. Whilst we're looking at those pictures, I'm going to get you to look at the chat room there because you'll probably there's a guest in the in in the chat room at the moment that you would very much want to speak to. I'm quite sure. Um, oh, there's, there's some young man called Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a bit of podcast royalty. Oh, podcast the royalty. Room, Do you know what? We forgot to get the red carpet out this morning. Mate. I know, absolutely. But if, know. if you read, and, you're, you're, and the reason why I'm pointing this story in your direction is because I need you to translate it, because I asked him a question in there, because he's, he's currently with Acme Air busy, busy loading passengers oh, is he? as we speak, and uh, I, I don't recognise uh, the airport code, so where's he off to? Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> he's, just, he's not, off to not, a few not, places. <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta's okay, one of the right, codes, okay, I good, noticed. Good. Excellent. We'll leave the chat room to translate for yeah, us shall we so yeah absolutely but uh, yeah back on the story there that is some pictures really there we go there's the, uh, there's the, i love the way he's hoovering the bees from i know the, uh, absolutely from the oh, it's really there. not um i, I can't i mean they're going to be angry bees aren't they <laughs> they're gonna it be rather really suggests though because i mean queen the, the, they don't normally um sort go of, anywhere without the queen well exactly yeah. so it rather suggests perhaps that the queen had sort of load, gone somewhere because it was nice and warm and obviously everyone else has followed but uh, perhaps they thought this would be an ideal location but they're all tired they just wanted to lift that's all they wanted <laughs> they're all yeah. really tired they want to live to wherever it was that they were going oh, amazing I love no, that I love that absolutely. a good story that I, do, I do like it and I don't like it uh, but uh, yes anyway I wonder if Captain Jeff's ever had any trouble with bees with bees yeah with what, bees on, on his yeah. mad dog before yeah. he takes off from Atlanta <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine yeah. I can't imagine. Anyway, uh, it is uh, time to uh, play out, as uh, Carlos said, our penultimate interview from uh, uh, Fairf- uh, not Fairford. It was Fairford. Riyad. Riyad. Yeah. It was Fairford. Yeah, I was right. Fairford, yeah. yeah, absolutely. In Gloucestershire. In Gloucestershire. And uh, yes, now the pilot's name was Reme, and I can't, And it was the... Um, it's the French Air Force. It one, was the French yeah. Air Force, yeah. this one, wasn't it? And it was the little Alpha jet that he was flying. Yeah. So his yeah. little interview uh, that we took, uh, it's not very long, it's only about five minutes long. So his little interview we took uh, from Riyadh. Yeah, hope you enjoy year. it. So you join me again back at uh, the Royal International Air Tattoo at RAF Fairford. The sun's come out. It's a, the weather's changed for the best. And uh, I'm standing here next to Remy. He's with the uh, French Air Force. Uh, and uh, welcome to uh, Riyadh 2016. Thank you. Yep. Happy to be here. Nice weather today. So we're enjoying the show. And uh, hopefully we'll stay like that this afternoon. We'll see. So Remy, what's, uh, what's your role within the uh, force? I just got in the Air Force three months ago, so I'm an instructor on the Alpha Jet now, and uh, I should go back to the Rafale pretty soon, so, yep, I'm waiting for that. So the, uh, tell us a bit about the Alpha Jet, uh, what's that like to, uh, what's it like the fl- to fly? The Alpha Jet is a trainer uh, aircraft, so it's used only for training. It's pretty easy to fly, it's an old plane though, it was used in the 80s, and uh, so easy to fly, getting old, and uh, we may change it in a few years, we don't know yet. Probably 2020. What do you think it will change? What are you going to change to? We don't know yet. We don't know. Or it's a secret. I don't know about <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know. Great. So, so uh, you're obviously you're, you're quite fresh with uh, with the, with the aircraft now. So, at, uh, what's it like? What's it like to fly? It's different because, as I said, I used to fly the Rafale. It's a new plane, brand new plane, and uh, there's like a lot of. Uh, like a lot of things you don't have to do anymore like you don't trim the plane on the Rafale here it's like all trim all mechanical so it's a lot of work a lot of work and it's a good trainer I think it's good for students uh, yeah good good trainer yeah excellent so your, your career then how did it all start for you how did your your aviation uh, your, your start then? I started six years ago I went to the Navy first so I trained for the French Navy went to the US did my training there on the T45 T6 T45 to land on the carrier 
came back to France, went to the Rafale for two years, and then I switched to the Air Force. So I'm now an instructor in the Alpha Jet, probably for one or two years, and then I'll go back to the Rafale. Oh, great, that's, that's great. So how, how did the transition from the Navy to the Air Force, how was that? I asked for it, and uh, it was accepted, thankfully. So yeah, it was pretty easy for me, pretty smooth. Took a year though, so a little wait for that, but uh, no, I'm Air Force and I'm happy to be here, yeah. So are you uh, uh, certified to fly any other types of aircraft? No, yet. No, you never know. They, don't, they won't tell you, you never know, and uh, hopefully I will go back to the Rafale pretty soon, yeah. I would love to. Okay, so it's your first time at Riyadh then? It is my first time here. It's the first time for the Alpha Jets too. I know the Rafale probably came last year, and uh, the, the Mirage too, but the first time for the Alpha Jets, yeah. Right. So when did you fly? Did you fly over on Friday or earlier last We got here uh, Friday morning. Yep, it took us an hour to, got he to get here. Easy flight and nice weather, so yeah, wasn't, wasn't too hard. Right, and you're back home uh, tomorrow? We're back home tomorrow, yep, leaving uh, probably noon. And uh, yep, same flight. So back to the day job. Back to the day job. I don't think I'm flying on Monday afternoon, but probably Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. So what's the future hold for you then, uh, Remy? What 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 are you, your plans for the future? It will be so as I said, one year as an instructor, probably going back to the Rafale and uh, yeah, go back to the fighting squadrons. So maybe go to we'll see Iraq, Syria. We'll we'll see. Don't know yet. Yeah. So do you get a chance to uh, do any any flying uh, as you know sort of for yourself as a as a hobby of flying? I do not fly in the civilian right now. Um, I may, we'll see if I have time. But right now I'm just enjoying my weekends whenever I have time for myself. Yeah. So no, not yet. No. Great. So Remy, one of the questions we always ask the pilots every year is: uh, given the chance to fly any aircraft in the world, either flying or retired, what would be your aircraft of choice? It would be P-51 and F-22. All right, you've seen that at the show today. It was a great show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it, like on Friday, the F-22 uh, display was amazing, yeah. Really enjoyed it. So, yeah, too bad for today, but we'll sit next time probably, yeah. So that's, uh, that's the aircraft. Uh, ho hopefully in the future you may get a chance to possibly fly it one day. We'll see, I hope so. I'm not sure about that. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, hopefully. Well, enjoy the rest of your uh, show here at React 2016, Remy. It's been great to talk to you, and uh, all the best for your future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I must just say a big thank you very much to Dan Hannington, who very kindly supplied us with a couple of photos for that as well. Because for some reason, I only took one video of, of that plane. I don't know quite what was the matter with me. So, so I've had Video's some help. Paper. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had some help from the lovely Mr. Hannington there, who very kindly uh, let me use a couple of his photos just to try and sort of break up the, the video. Again, if you haven't seen, uh, when, when we've played out all of our uh, interviews, we're going to put them up on the website in their entirety. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the individual interviews. And thanks for the, uh, we had some feedback. Yeah, thanks, Neville. And Liz and that I uh, hope you enjoy I hope we've all enjoyed the interviews that we've had so far from yeah, Riyadh. we've absolutely. got one more one more from Riyadh uh, yep. from Riyadh left which uh, is a really great it's a really awesome one it's uh, with um, 
Gizmo, Gizmo who's yeah. the F-16 uh, solar display pilot. Mm. Uh, we managed to get him. He was busy doing uh, mm. um, autographs galore. Cool, yeah. Uh, he's he was ever so good, man. though. He, was ever so good. he sort of squeezed us in, didn't he? he literally, yeah. And it was literally minutes before he then had because he was being sort of collared, wasn't he, to, to go, because he was then about to go and do his next display routine, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that yeah, was good. We've absolutely. got one of those left for the next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we have got some thanks to give. We have indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, it is time to play uh, uh, that music again. I'm afraid. Brace yourselves, everyone. <laughs> it's uh, it's time to do uh, this slightly terrifying. I know, but uh, yeah, it it is time to say thank you very much uh, this month uh, for everyone who kindly donates via Patreon. Yes, so a massive thank you to all our Patreon donators who have do- donated uh, over this uh, this this month. Uh, very very kind generation uh, uh, donations indeed from all you guys and girls. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as you all know, the Patreon donations go to our server fees, hosting fees, website fees, yep. and uh, new equipment fees, which mm-hmm. consisted uh, yep. this month of a new cooling fan for, <laughs> for the, bro- the processor. The broadcast tower, because it melted. For the broadcast yeah. tower, because that <laughs> melted. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we had a new fan for that one. So that's, and it also um, helps uh, towards the running costs of our new satellite broadcasting yes. system, uh, which will hopefully get a, a, its second outing uh, uh, next weekend. Uh, next hopefully. weekend, yeah. But yeah. Uh, more about that. We can't really say too much yet, because uh, it's all weather-dependent and things like that. But uh, oh, yeah. hopefully we've got a very, very special show for you to look forward to next week. Yeah, so a huge thank you again, like I said, uh, to all our Patreon donators. Don't forget, if you want to uh, donate to the show via Patreon uh, yep. or PayPal, uh, you can find the links on our, uh, ho- well, our homepage at plaintalkinguk.com. Yep. And uh, on there as well, you can also find all the other bits and pieces for the show. You can uh, look at some lovely pictures of me and Matt. You can uh, find the links uh, to the galleries of the photos that, yep. uh, that I took at uh, Riyadh and Farnborough this year, mm. which are now on the website. If you click on the gallery link, uh, all the photos from uh, from there on the uh, website yep. so uh, so yeah so go on there and uh, have a good look indeed yes uh, but as I say yes thank you very much to to everyone who helps us keep the sh- show on the air well there we go indeed it is time to wrap the show up so if you as I say like like I was uh, putting up there for a moment a moment ago if you want to uh, go to the show page it is www.plaintalkinguk.com uh, it is facebook.com forward slash plain talking UK uh, to go to the uh, the Facebook page and of course uh, if you're a Twitter user, yes. don't feel left out. We're still on there as well. It's twitter.com forward slash plain talking. How many likes UK. have you got on Twitter now, Matt? Uh, scroll down a little bit there. Oh, something. do we? Yeah, yeah, we've got 839. 839? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to get to 1,000. Yeah, we want to get 1,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, you heard from him earlier. It is our resident safety expert, the legend that is Pilot, Pilot Pip. Pip. Uh, if you want to take a look at his website, make sure you subscribe to his show as well. Why wouldn't you? Because it's a great segment that he sends us every single week. Even even if it is a whinge, uh, is, we love it. We do love it. We yeah. do love a good, good, good segment from Pip, and that is www.plainsafetypodcast.com. To send us feedback or to contact the show via standard email me- methods, uh, we don't write the website down anywhere on our Facebook pages and things because we don't want to be bombarded by um, uh, sort of spam and things like that. But please feel free to use the following email address, which is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. We love to get your audio feedback because we like to hear what you sound like because uh, you're sick of hearing us no doubt uh, so it's nice to hear from you as well so that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com 
so you can contact us on there. We can. So, so I'm just looking it. at the chat room here. There's, yeah. there's uh, a big thank you to everyone who's joined us today on the show in the yeah. chat room. And to all the new listeners who have joined us in the chat room Indeed, this morning. It's yeah. uh, nice to see you all and I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, a big yeah. hello to, obviously, hello to Barbara. Uh, who was uh, who through the help of we said earlier, yeah. Micah, Micah has, uh, get her into the chat room this week. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. yeah, hello to you, Barbara. Hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, please join us next week. Indeed, yes. So, uh, from everyone in the for so uh, Liz Piper, we've got Neville Bounds, we've got Myla, Dave Abbey, Dave Abbey, we've got. Uh, Pilot Pip, we had there earlier. Uh, Shoot, he's he's Shirt either there, there or still there. Evan Shoe, Evan Shoe, yes, absolutely. Micah, we had Captain, Captain Jeff, we did, Captain yeah, Jeff, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Barbara, up. obviously, as we already said. Jacob Darlington Brown, yeah. don't forget Jacob was in Amir there. Amir Patel, well. he, one of our new Amir listeners. Patel, Thank you for yeah. joining us, joining us there. Obviously, Masha, Masha, who was there earlier. Um, and uh, loads of York York Mola York Mola York Mola yeah apologies yeah. if we've missed anyone else out but we do really appreciate your support uh, yeah. the chat room makes it lots of fun and also you're very good at spotting any mistakes we've made so we can correct them <laughs> yeah. immediately which is always the way forward oh. so, so don't forget is, to look yeah. out for the links to uh, the times and stuff for this weekend's show it's going to be a special show hopefully uh, as yeah, we've we can't give you any times yet because we don't know 100% uh, yeah. What uh, what our time frames are that we're we're working with? But there's um, a good possibility it will be slightly later than 10 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. which is probably better for our, um, our sort of our, our, our you know our US listeners. So. Yes, absolutely. But it should be quite exciting. So uh, it is uh, it is one not to be missed. It I has know. to be said. There you are. You can see the chat room. There's all a chat there. room yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's he's working out how to do it. So while while we're just wrapping up the show uh, very quickly, as I say, if you put your message uh, into the chat room, it will appear now. So uh, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Oh, oh, look at that. Look. Oh, I do love a chat room. Yeah. That's good. And uh, uh, and if you're still there, Jeff, uh, um, all the best on your flying today. Indeed, yes. He's, yeah, he's busy Jeff's now. Busy but, man, uh, yes. Will there be pictures next week? Yeah, yes, I hope be pictures. So. Yeah, 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 it should, yeah, be. should be. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. We've got to wrap up episode 125. I'm off to go and deliver some parcels. Ooh, um, and I'm off to go and set up a disco ready. for my party. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> so from all of us here in uh, the kitchen studio this week, it has been a great pleasure to have you along with us. Um, and hopefully, all being well, we will see you next week. From all of us here in the studio, it is time to say... Goodbye! Goodbye, everyone!